the best things that I've, I've noticed in life, right? Is you can make a plan, you can make a goal and it's great. And it gives you something to strive for. And it gives you a way to break it down into smaller steps in order to make it achievable. So I think that's super important. But at the same time, if you're so rigid on the goal and you don't ever have any flexibility, then you don't really leave yourself open to really amazing opportunities that might come your way. Hey, I'm Will Malone, and this is Will of the Future, a podcast where I look to what's next in the world of photography and creativity. So I'm Chad, Chad Dyer. Uh, I have a photography business in Charleston. Um, I started out freelancing kind of fell into it by accident um, after kind of a big break from doing photography full-time for somebody else. Um, now I kind of specialize in architectural property, um, so it can be anything from real estate to working for interior designers or property managers for Airbnb or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, that's the business that I'm scaling. Um, but then I have, of course, passion projects and stuff that I like to work on. I like to do like travel stuff and you know that kind of thing too. So. The scaling of photography business is one thing like since before I went full time as a photographer or, you know, did all this stuff like full time, I thought like, how could I build a photography business that was scalable? Because yeah. that's like a super hard question. That's it. Yeah. We're like, so it, you're so used to being, I think we're all kind of just used to seeing the freelance style yeah. of what things, which is fine. But if you think about it business wise, you know, you kind of want to build a business. At that point, you're making yourself a job, you know. Yeah. You're, you're building yourself a job, not really a business. And a business is supposed to also work for you, right? It's yeah. It's supposed to go both ways versus you just, like, creating more and more and more and more work for yourself. And at some point, you kind of cap out. You know, you hit a ceiling. So why wouldn't you want to, like, break past that barrier? Yeah, that's the tough part is, like, <laughs> it, it, yeah, what is the difference? Because I feel like most freelance like freelance photography in some sense while it is a business it kind of isn't a traditional business yeah because it requires so much of like you all the time always and every penny comes from physical legwork almost mm -hmm. like there's no you can't like shoot photos from home you know like during covid right, right. <laughs> from home like you can't do it from home it's like yep. just part so uh and i remember like when i was getting into photography i would work for different people mm -hmm. and i felt like i saw this pattern of like age 35 to 40 everyone was starting to look for a way out whether it was like start a new <laughs> business figure out uh go get a job somewhere that has insurance um or like figure out a way to basically clone themselves to maintain their photography business, which yep. is kind of what you have to do. So yeah. my question is like, uh, you, you are working on scaling your business. Like yes. what has your approach been? Like, tell me about like what your whole process thought process is around that. Yeah. I mean, I guess my thought process really is that exactly what you just said. Pretty much. I can't be in more than one place at one time. You know, you think about like businesses and you kind of break them down in two categories a lot of times as far as like what you sell. You have products, you have services, right? Mm -hmm. So prints, products, right? Services, things like going out and taking headshots, real estate, you know, weddings, whatever, whatever. Uh, how do you scale a services business, right? Yeah. You can't really just make passive income or like scale a service business alone you have to be able to add people into it because otherwise you're that person that's mm -hmm. like going to every shoot i can't be at two shoots at one time right if i want to double my income within that hour to two, three hours or whatever however you know big the shoot is 
I have to be able to have somebody else to be able to take another shoot also at, you know, 10 a.m. on a Tuesday while I'm at right. Or maybe I have, you know, two people out there and I'm not doing it at all. I don't know. You know, it just all depends. But but the point is you have to have more people. So <clears throat> that was kind of like the idea behind it is how do I clone myself? Um, how do I train people to shoot like me? Because um, in the end, I want to make sure that the business you don't see a sacrifice in quality. Mm-hmm. So kind of the way that I've done it is I've looked for other people who I think fit a lot of it's honestly like work ethic, you know, are they, are they teachable? Um, do, are they willing to learn? Do they want to learn? Are they uh, detail oriented? Cause that really comes down to a lot of like my shoots that detail orientation is really, really important. Um, and then can I teach them the skills with the camera? If they have the equipment, great. If they don't sometimes, you know, like, I've had to, you know, I have like, um, one of my photographers is working with me now. She's had to buy a lens. Another one that I'm trying to bring on right now, she's, uh, going to have to buy a lens, you know, uh, to kind of like fit this style of photography. So you have little things like that, but that kind of stuff, if they're agreeing to it, you know, that works, that's cool. We got that. I can teach you the skills. I can kind of like cut this out for you and teach you how to compose, how to see like me, um, And then I just kind of have it all sent over to me. So that way all the editing is still kind of done in one bad, like they're not touching the editing. Right. Mm -hmm. So it like keeps this consistency. And so we have ongoing training and stuff too. Like I have like a kind of like a lookbook kind of thing that I give them. And then we go to shoots together and like, all right, this is how we're going to look at this room. This is how we're going to look at this uh, type of situation Mm -hmm. and kind of help them and get them on that track. And then I'll review the photos and stuff as they send me things. Sometimes I have more time to do that than others, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but that's kind of like just the idea of ongoing training kind of helps too. Um, so that's basically been it. I mean, now it's one of those things where I've got some clients that I started picking up in Columbia, for instance, and they were having to pay me to travel there. They were charging their clients for it. So Mm -hmm. it would be one of those situations where they try to get like, at least six clients at a time. So that way they could split my travel fee up between all six of their clients to make it cheaper for them, make it easier for them to swallow. And so they would accept it. And, but you know, what I'm trying to do now is hire a photographer there. So that way they don't have to pay the travel fees. And I mean, that sounds like, okay, you're going to make less money, but really I'm going to make it up in volume because they're wanting to give me more shoots. Yeah. They just, have to approve it with their clients first and therefore mm-hmm. you know we don't i don't get as many there right now but as soon as i have a photographer there then boom i have every single one of their shoots for their entire company you know yeah and then move on add another company another client you know that kind of thing so that's kind of the idea is you can now exponentially kind of stamp out it's not gonna be completely cookie cutter probably right mm-hmm. but kind of cookie cut like i can do it in columbia i can do it in charleston i can do it in you know bluffton or hilton head area i can do it in Myrtle beach i can do it here I can do it in Atlanta if I want or anywhere. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden my ceiling that I had with a, as a freelancer that where it's like, well, I can only make so much per year because of this is gone. Yeah. Right. So more work on the front end. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. it saves you so much time and work on the back end. That's what's crazy. That that seems like the hardest part to me. I mean, finding talent is one thing. Finding somebody yeah. who, who fits the criteria of just like hardworking and teachable. Sure. I mean, you know, there are a lot of great people out there, but they're tough to find. Yeah. Because they they're, are. They're all doing things already. If right. they're hardworking and teachable, they're they're doing their own thing. So how do you yeah. how do you kind of recruit them? But yeah. there's also just the fact of like we talk about all the time as photographers is like trying to have some uniqueness in our voice and like our style and all that. But 
if you want to scale a photography business, yeah. it's like you have to make sure you have a system for communicating what that style is. Yeah, for sure. Instead of just keeping it to yourself. Cause you know, it's like as a freelancer, you can kind of like organize your files a certain way. Yeah. You can, uh, <laughs> you can do your books a certain way. Like, and yeah. you, it works for you because you know it all. Mm-hmm. But then when you start outsourcing those things, you've got to like hand it off to somebody. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, you've got to make it to where they can do it. Yeah. And, um, and so that's the, that's the thing that's like the most daunting is like, how to express what's all in my head. Yeah. Right. Like it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, ha- like <laughs> a, telling them like you have a lookbook. that's super smart to have a lookbook. Like this is like, is, I guess that's like examples of your yeah, work. Examples of my work. Yeah. With explanations and stuff. That's correct. So, so you had to make the time to like build that out. Yeah. It took a minute. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, bet. I bet. So how do you like distill down your style? I mean, you don't have to give away like trade secrets, right. but like, how, do you, how do you like, how do you, how did you like go about doing that? I just kind of, honestly, I just kind of thought, I mean, after you do it for a while, right, it becomes kind yeah. of second nature where like, and I don't ever suggest for anybody to go and walk into a shoot and just do it, uh, like on autopilot. Yeah. But if you get at to a certain point that you've done it so many times, it just kind of easily becomes a thing you can do. Mm. And I try not to do that because I want it, I mean, it sounds kind of like, it, I mean, some people are going to get this and some people it might sound dumb too, but like even with properties, like there's, you want to show personality, you want to show experience, you want to show, you want to put people in that space. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, this isn't just like a picture of a room, not the way I look at it. Right. And that's why I don't like calling myself like people are like, Oh, so you do a real estate photography or you're a real estate photographer. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Right. I am. Right. Cause I am. But it's more than that. I don't mm-hmm. like being necessarily categorized into that. I know they don't understand, so I don't like get upset about it, but there's so much more than just real estate photography. This isn't just a picture of a room. This is like building the experience, especially in an architectural fashion or in an Airbnb type fashion where I'm like, want to put you at the head of the dining table. I want to put you at, you know, on the patio next to the pool or overlooking like the marsh view or looking at the beach or or whatever cool things I want to make you feel like you're already in it. Like yeah. you're submersed, in, which is hard to do and sometimes in like a 2D type fashion, but that's like a big part of it. And um, so I, so it wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but I kind of, you know, just looked at all of the main things that I do. Like I'm kind of like, all right, the majority of things, there's always gonna be outliers. But the majority of things, like the majority of properties I step into, the majority of the shoots, what is kind of that formula that I look at? You mm-hmm. know, like a bedroom, for instance, a lot of the times it's anywhere, if it's just like a very basic bedroom, right? I'm, and, and, and the, I have my choice because sometimes mm-hmm. certain real estate agents are going to be like, or um, property managers or whatever, and be like, we only want like a couple of photos of the be- each bedroom. But if they give me my choice, then I'm probably going to take, about four photos yeah. most likely. And it's going to be a wide shot to show kind of the overall room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be, um, I like to play with angles and straight ons. Um, there's going to be some like medium or kind of more detailed shots that show a little bit more of just the decor. If there's a TV in there and a property that is a vacation rental, then that's important. A lot of times I don't know why people love to go on vacation to watch TV, but they yeah. do, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, or something like that. So like I try to like pick out little individual pieces mm-hmm. and then, so I, I, I've got this formula sort of in my head. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and most bedrooms I step into fall into that formula. Okay. Uh, there's always something that's a little different. 
you know, of yeah. course. And at that point you kind of have to just learn those as those situations arise mm-hmm. and you kind of tell, you know, you kind of, that's what the continuing education is for, right. With yeah. the photographers. But that's how I came up with the little book is it's just like, all right, well, I'm looking through my photos and I know how I feel like I'm just walking through in my head, right. Mm-hmm. Through a property that I've been in and then walking my head or walking myself through again in my head in another property. And I'm like, okay, what are all the similarities? What are all the main key points that we have, we have to hit, you know? So that was kind of it. And you know, it took some time and a lot of photos. The lookbook is huge. It's a lot more photos than <laughs> it is words, obviously. And a but, lot of self-awareness too, yeah. of just like knowing just, who you are and why you do things like you're just right. having to ask yourself all, yeah like you're in you're dissecting yourself right why yeah. do i do x why do i do it this way that's exactly, yeah. yeah see that sounds like the hardest part to me of yeah. all of this is having to like review yourself because like i like to make stuff move on yeah I, going back <laughs> is like tough like i sure. I struggle to like go back and look through stuff because yeah. it like makes me like sometimes feel bad <laughs> when yeah. i look at my old work oh yeah i'm I like know, Ugh. i'm like i here's how i would do it better than i did back then you know yeah. but uh, that's how you also know that you've improved that yes, you've grown yeah, right that you've true. evolved and stuff which is great and you're, you're like you're been doing the you've kind of gone back to the double exposure thing i know you, your bit, wife yeah. has been like you know talking about that i think you said <laughs> mentioned right yeah yeah, yeah, like which is cool because it's cool to see, right? Yeah, but yeah. it's a way to like learn and going back and improve on it. And but yeah, it can be tough to look at it at first because you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's like really, it like I always can look through my work and see when I was practicing a lot, yeah, and then because like you can kind of like lose an edge a little bit if you're not shooting enough yeah. but like you can go be like oh yeah i was shooting like every single day back then i yeah. could tell because they are all like getting they're crispy these are great yeah. and then you can tell when you've had like some some like downtime more and you're not like just going 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 mm-hmm. right but like again a lot of practice can burn you out so you gotta yes you know you have to take the breaks <laughs> you yeah take the break but you do i mean practice i mean just just doing something a lot is super useful yeah for sure so like okay so you've got all these challenges scaling your photography business so what kind of like what's the end game like what's 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 next how do you like what's the goal in scaling this the, I mean, honestly, I, I want to leave it somewhat open. That's a big question. I, I know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Existential. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give me like an hour to say it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to leave it somewhat open because I know that the best things in life, I mean, we can plan and plan and plan. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's good. I think it's kind of like, you know, I think we talked about this yesterday, even, um, when we had coffee, but like, the best things that I've, I've noticed in life, right, is you can make a plan, you can make a goal, and it's great, and it gives you something to strive for, and it gives you a way to break it down into smaller steps in order to make it achievable. So I think that's super important. But at the same time, if you're so rigid on the goal and you don't ever have any flexibility, then you don't really leave yourself open to really amazing opportunities that might come your way. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, which you've just run into some of this, right? We just yeah. talked about and so I don't want to have it too rigid, but the goal is kind of a roundabout way of explaining it like this, but the goal for now is to exactly do, you know, what I was, what I was just saying is be able to like have it stamped out in different towns, cities, um, all across, you know, I mean, right now I'm focusing on South Carolina because mm-hmm. I mean, locationally it just makes more, it makes sense because I'm here. Um, but I'd like to do it 
anywhere, everywhere. Yeah. You know, I've thought about doing it in Chattanooga. I've thought about doing it in, you know, Atlanta, you know, places that have like either some kind of connection or history to, or, um, you know, or I think it's just a really good market for it, mm-hmm. you know, business wise, um, or places that I want to go be able to like visit, you know, yeah. just yeah. cause I mean, then that gives me an excuse also. Um, so that's kind of the plan. I don't know how big it'll get. Maybe it goes two or three towns, cities, whatever, and stops. Maybe it goes to a ton. I have no clue, but I want to kind of do that with these shoots that I'm doing now, kind of these types of size shoots. And I do a lot of different types. I say like the size, but I'm saying like the majority. So like the majority of my shoots, right, are going to be a pretty basic size house, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we're going to be anywhere between, you know, well, I mean, Charleston basic can be, I mean, sometimes very small. So Mm -hmm. it could be anywhere between less than a thousand square feet to, you know, 3,000, 3,500 square feet is probably kind of your average, right? In that range. And then have people doing those um, and kind of scaling that. And then me, myself taking on the passion projects and also kind of still on the architectural property side of the business, taking on like the really big, big shoots. So like the ones where, you know, you're shooting for like a magazine for like, you know, or for an architect or for, you know, whatever reason, I'm like architectural digest type stuff, right? Like stuff that, that you're not getting, you know, $300 off of a shoot stuff. That's going to cost like thousands of dollars for a shoot and be like a, 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 um, a day or two shoot versus like going and be a few hours, you know, something mm-hmm. where you're really like making sure every single detail is perfect you know, and kind of have this premium side to the business. Um, because I mean, that's out there. People are doing it all Mm -hmm. the time, you know, and a lot of people choose to do one or the other, but I think if you scale it right, right. And you're intentional about it, why not be able to do both, you know, and it's not about, it's not about money, right? It's mm-hmm. not really about, I mean, I'm, you say, you know, like this versus this as far as dollar amount and stuff, but it's not about that so much as it is just about freedom. Mm-hmm. And it is about being able to, again, just kind of say, you know, to heck with the ceiling, you know, yeah. let's get rid of it. Let's, let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Let's see how far we can push this. Um, so that's kind of where, you know, and, and I love being able to be the person that like goes out and builds the relationships and stuff, you know, and, I could focus on that side more um, just because that that's kind of when you get in the grind of, I love to shoot, but like when you get in the grind of shooting always, yeah, then the relationships, it's difficult to, to always keep those going because you have to sit down with people. You have to talk to people. You have to meet with people. You have to go hang out with people. And this is an, a hugely important part of any business. And it's, I think something that even just in day-to-day life is just, you know, unfortunately nowadays isn't, I think people are starting to realize how important it really is. I don't think you ever, anybody really ever forgot, but I think it's getting more obvious to some people how important that really is. But I think for a little while it started to become lost on us because we got distracted with the new shiny thing, like mm-hmm. screens and social media and stuff, which is great. And it has its place, but like, like you and I connected mm-hmm. via social media, yeah. which is great because yeah. we probably would have never connected otherwise, or it would have taken us longer before we ran into each other when I was back here visiting or whatever. And maybe we ran into each other coffee shop and maybe we started talking. Yeah. So this way, you know, we connected, but it went past that. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. that was where the real stuff began is when we started like sitting down having coffee and we like, all right, cool. Now we're getting to know each other as people. And I think that's important. And I want to be more involved in that. 
So how, okay, so let's, let's get into like larger, like <clears throat> photography stuff. So how do you feel about the photography landscape right now? Like, how do you feel as a photographer? Like, do you feel like this is the golden age? Do you feel yeah. like this is like, is it harder than it used to be? Is it easier than it used to be? Like, yeah. what's your temperature on photography right now? It's a good question. Um, it's one of the reasons why I actually love your podcast because <laughs> you talk about this kind yeah. of stuff and you provide yeah. like both sides. And I have to say, I feel kind of both sides of it because I mean, you know, some days you wake up and you're like, Oh God, like it's all going AI, down the ground. Yeah. yeah. Like all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But then some days you wake up and you're like, yeah, you have, you have to remember, like I'm able to do this for a living. Like, mm-hmm. this is awesome. This is amazing. I love this. Yeah. I actually enjoy it. Like, and you see it when you're talking to people sometimes, like I have a friend who he owns his own business and he does, I'm sure better than I do when it comes to finances and stuff. But he like looks at me and goes, Hey man, one of the things that you have that I don't have though. And it, it, you know, he'll just, he'll at, well, he'll like ask me how the business is going and stuff. And he's just like, it's what I love about what you do is like, I don't like what I do. He built his whole business himself, mm-hmm. but it came from his past experiences from other jobs and he doesn't love it. But he's like, you get to do that. So you have to remember that all that to say, like, I think the landscape is obviously quickly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, some days, yeah, I'm like worried about AI for sure. <laughs> but then some days I, I, I'm kind of like, it doesn't really matter. I think this isn't new, right? Like AI yeah. is new, right? Right. This type of feeling isn't new. Photographers 20 years ago were feeling this with other things, you know, 30 years ago, 40 mm-hmm. years ago, right? I mean, with advance in technology, Uh, you know, you go from film to digital, like people who went from film to digital, of course there were people who were always old school and like, no film forever. It's like, no, you have to move with the landscape. Right. And there are people who are adopting digital now all of a sudden have, you know, an ability to do certain things that you can't do with film. And it's going to be the same thing. I think with AI, like, does it get scary in a way? Sure. Because it seems like with the snap of a finger, like all of a sudden this stuff can be done, but like by computer, but like, there's still a purpose for a human there if you are able to flex and move with the technology, I think. Like, I can't, you know, if somebody were to go, like, tell an AI to, like, you know, hey, make a make this room look like this, blah, 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 picture of this room, blah, 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 blah. It's not going to be the actual room, right? Yeah. I'm hired to take pictures of the actual room. Like, right, you're not right, going right, to be able right. to get that. That's not real, right? That's, yeah. It's completely fake. Now, with portraits and stuff, of course, that is a different thing. Mm-hmm. But, again, it comes back down to okay, Hey, here's AI create a person who looks like this, a normal person who has brown hair, brown eyes, you know, this tone skin, da, 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 whatever, da, 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 da. And AI will do it. But who is that person? That's not a person that exists. You right. still need headshots. Right. 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 You know what I mean? Like there's still, I think if we use it as a tool in our tool belt, it could be really, 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 really powerful. If we yeah. don't accept that it's coming, and we try to fight it and I'm not saying to not to just like lay down your guard, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I think there's certain aspects to it that we should be concerned about. Yeah. Um, I'm more concerned about AI and a, a weaponized type version, honestly, <laughs> yeah. if I'm being real with yeah, you, yeah, yeah. then I am about losing my, my job. Um, as long as I can figure out how to fit it into my business to make my business better. Um, like, and to make my, my work better. Um, I will say that I do know someone who um, recently lost her job to it. And really? That was scary. Really? Yeah. She designs uh, cigar wrappers. 
Oh. Like, and she does it by hand. And it's beautiful work. Like, it's insane. She does these very intricate, like, really, and she's done it forever. Like, she yeah. just does these really awesome things. And one of her biggest um, clients, who is this massive, massive, massive cigar producer, um, got bought out. And the new company just nixed them. Dang. Okay. Went AI. So it, I can't say for like certain applications. Well, right? and I think that's but. the fear is like, I think a lot of our fear comes from the fact that we're kind of eyeballing like large corporations right. mostly like the large corporations trying to save money by using yeah. that kind of, I think that's where most of our focus goes. Cause I, I think the small business owner would always most times rather have like a real person right. that under like here in Anderson, yeah. I, it's going to be a while before AI gets massively used by a lot of businesses here. They're sure. a lot like it's, but you know, some giant company that buys out another company, they're like, Oh, well why, we can just, I've got a guy that can just generate these in mid journey or whatever. Right. So yeah, I mean, definitely it's, it's going to happen in some places mm-hmm. differently than others. It's not going to be this blanket. Just everyone's gone. Right. Yeah, Unless, right. you know, the AI does become self-aware and like, <laughs> you know, nuke everybody, but that's what I'm a, little, I'm a little more worried about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I, the, so the other day, what kind of freaks me out is I saw, uh, this job posting that kind of went viral on Twitter and I, I think it's real, but it's for uh chat GPT. There's uh-huh. a job posting for a kill switch engineer basically somebody to be on call to unplug the server yeah. if things get squirrely it's like the person with like the the red key or yeah. the key in the red yeah. phone to you know kill like the ai <laughs> if it gets nuts and if Dude. we've seen any movies that never this. works <laughs> they never they've kill already the AI. figured it out yeah. yeah the ai already knows how to avoid this problem right exactly. so, so like it, it, there is like some serious concerns about i mean you can sure. ask it how to code a website i'm like how long until you can ask it to just like hack the pentagon (laughs) you know like what's like what's the i mean where's the limit right and if we kind of are just going down this road to just to see if we can you know it's that jurassic park quote like we're too busy wondering if we could that we didn't ask if we should you know exactly and so i do worry about that but from a photography standpoint i don't necessarily worry about it yeah right to a smaller degree there will be trade-offs I mean, right. just like you were talking about with film and digital, there's also black and white and color. You yeah. know, there's iPhones. When iPhones came out, we were talking this way about iPhone photography replacing us, right? right. Yep. And we kind of, I mean, we still talk about that to some extent because iPhone cameras are really good and you yeah. can use them for a lot of things. But I know plenty of photographers, me included, who use iPhone cameras to benefit them for their things. Same, same here. I yeah. Do. yeah. So it's like we have we have absorbed that as a tool in our tool belt and it hasn't replaced us exactly. because we know how to put the pieces together yep. right um yep. so that okay so that's interesting. so overall you're you're back and forth on the future i, I am back and forth but I, i'm positive overall yeah. i would say but i mean yeah i mean it depends on the day for sure you know um yeah. maybe it depends on what what side of the bed i woke up on or whatever but i i think overall i'm mostly positive about it just because you know, except for like, we were just talking about like iRobot occurring or something, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But like, um, <laughs> that movie gave me nightmares as a kid. Dude, I hope it doesn't oh come real. Gosh. Yeah. Have you seen Sophia yet? Not the movie, the robot. No. Go Google that later. Okay. There's a company there. They built a robot named Sophia. It's AI. Just check it out. It, you'll like be that. like, oh, actually maybe don't if you had nightmares <laughs> about it as a kid, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> well, there's that movie Megan that came out too. Right. With like yeah. the horrifying. Like doll, yeah. AI doll thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, I feel like, while life and mo- like it's these are all movies, heavily right. fictionalized things. 
I feel like we're getting a little too close to comfort. I agree. You know, so like, <laughs> I do agree while I am, I still am hesitant to believe it's going to go all Skynet on us right. and like be like Terminator three. Yeah. Like part of me is like, yeah, but like, I don't want to, necessarily say that's not going to happen well you don't want to test that limit yeah i don't want like why would we do that yeah and it's kind of like there is like like sticking your finger in a like a socket like is this one live i'm not sure yeah exactly let's see yeah so i you know there's a lot to be worried about ai in general but like but like the photography world ai is not the only thing right now that is shaking up the photography world you know social media yeah social media uh the algorithm just the way people consume images like consumer Mm. habits are changing yeah consumer ability is changing like most people now at least uh have taken a photo in their lives like almost everyone has taken a photo almost everyone kind of knows basic photography things so it's kind of become mainstream in a way Mm -hmm. that now to be a professional like you kind of have to be like really good. Yeah. Like you really have to drill down on it. You know, it's like having a restaurant in like a place like New York city. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, you could put that same restaurant maybe in a smaller town and it would probably kill and do amazing. But it, you put it in New York city. Mm-hmm. Now you're surrounded by all of this competition of really, really, really good restaurants. Is it going to survive? Yeah. I don't know. You know, it might yeah. not, you know, and that, I think that is part of it. It kind of has to, it kind of keeps us on our toes. You know, we have to keep moving. We have to keep moving. Yeah. If you get, and that, that's the thing I think is, is if you get stale, but I mean, I think that's how it is with most businesses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With anything. It's just when you see a very rapid change in technology, it's like how flexible and how quick can you be? How much of toes? an appetite do you have to like and reinvent again? You're exactly. just like, ugh. Exactly. All right. Well, I guess I've got to do, you know, I know it's like, yeah. And I think that's really the determining factor is like how much energy do you have for all of it? Right. And that'll keep you going. Yeah. But, but you could say that about any like founder of a company, anybody like blazing a trail anywhere. Right. Like if it's one of the, I mean, you could say that about, you know, crypto, you could say that about the gold rush. You could say that about, you know, like anything, right. Mm -hmm. Like you can just say that about the big companies like AT&T and, you know, um, comcast or you know whatever uh the johnson and johnson's of the world i mean they had to flex and move and 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 stay on top of things you know without yeah. getting into like political like yeah crap yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah there's <laughs> definitely things in my head i'm like well <laughs> yeah. so uh let's let's go a little lighter we talked yeah, yeah. about like you know the world ending and all this stuff already let's <laughs> just we made it pretty there pretty fast for a regular podcast of mine um so uh I, so like right now, what's your favorite like photography or creative tool? Hmm. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, that's tough to say, honestly. I mean, I mean, of course, in a way, my basic camera is always going to be it because it's just like the thing that's al- always almost always with me is well, like be specific. Course, right? Like, what is it? So, like, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a it's a Canon R six. Um, okay. And the lens that I usually keep on it mainly because it's a lot of architectural and stuff. But it's all I also use it in other aspects as well as the um, fifteen to thirty five RF lens. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so in a way that is, but really, probably my favorite favorite is. Uh, probably my dad's Minolta camera. Really? Okay. It just, I mean, like, I it, just because it has so much sentimental mm-hmm. value, um, and I, like, I went in July to like um, 
took a trip across country to Montana and then back and, um, I carried it with me and that meant a lot to me, you know, and just that little, you know, guys just with a little 55 or I mean a 50 millimeter lens yeah. on it you know is nifty is, 50 has been a yeah, nifty 50 dude it's great <laughs> for everything um uh, yeah i mean i think it's just a special camera because because it makes me think of my childhood it makes me think of my dad it makes me you know it's it's this it's like still basically brand you should see the strap it's crazy it's like they bought it in 19 my mom bought it for my dad in 1985 and the strap is just really cool style that yeah. like kind of is back in style now yeah uh, it's been that long, but it looks like he bought it. You know, you bought it yesterday. It's like my dad just is that kind of guy. He just takes care of everything. Um, and so, I mean, honestly, it's just a really good, well-working camera too. And, and you know, I, it's nice to kind of like flip out of digital into film from time to time mm-hmm. and, and kind of play with that. It's a good exercise too. It is, yeah. What, uh, what, what film are you shooting in it? That one... Right now I have, oh man, I don't even remember what I have. I just got a bunch of different random stuff recently. I had got some Fuji. Um, I got some Kodak. I think right now I've got the Kodak, I think just the, like the Kodak gold or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just pretty basic, yeah. but it's, but it's, you know, it's, right. it's like the stuff that you shot or that people put in the cameras when we were kids, mm-hmm. just, you know, it's the stuff you bought at Walmart or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And now it's like triple the price of what it used to be <laughs> yeah, no kidding right <laughs> no kidding man oh my gosh you can get there's a guy actually I, um I, I found out from a friend of mine she's um she likes to dabble in like film photography and stuff too and she does some really cool stuff but her her main thing is she is actually uh owns a coffee shop in charleston and she like models and stuff so that's how she's kind of like in that whole mm-hmm. she's always been in that creative kind of um you know uh community but she had somehow I don't even know how she knows the guy the guy lives in North Carolina his name's Matt and he had all this film that was just really expired he had like a bunch of 120 and 35 millimeter yeah and he was like I saw she was like oh like I got this film from Matt up in blah blah and so I'm like all right cool I'm gonna hit him up too Mm -hmm. she's like you should hit him up he's like got plenty of it so I hit him up and I'm just like hey man uh I heard from Janelle like this is what's going on and he's just like "Yeah, yeah yeah cool he's like what do you what do you want like 120, 35. Like what do you, I was like, uh, both, both. If you've got a mix, I'll take, I was like, maybe, a, you know, so I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, all right. Yeah. yeah. And he just takes, he's like, send me seven bucks for shipping. Wow. And so I just Venmoed him seven bucks and he just sent me this big envelope of just, oh you know, my padded gosh. envelope of just all of this film. So it's sitting like in my freezer right now. I've got oh like one gosh. roll in my fridge and the rest of it in my freezer you know um there's like i feel like i really didn't appreciate how big like people like when i was in college and stuff would go to yard sales and they like bring me film yeah and i would just like shoot through it whatever didn't really think about it now i'm like man if somebody did that yeah like that's like the be- nicest yeah. thing ever like it's just because it's so expensive <laughs> so like if you just score a bunch of film it's like it's like gold now yeah it is it, it it's really crazy is. and i feel like when like a few years ago i just didn't have the appreciation that I should have. Mm-hmm. And all that film is probably twice the price that it is now. Like I, 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 I had so much film that like doesn't exist anymore, dude. And I, I just shot, I just shot like junk on it. I just was yes. like burning through it just yeah, without just like, taking care of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, it drives me insane. Dude. I, I have, okay. So, Oh my gosh, this hurts my heart knowing it now. Cause this is before I did. So before I was doing photography, actually, uh, uh my stepdad's, um, uh, so like my family is really close. Mm-hmm. And so like my stepdad's um, 
uncle passed away. And when he passed away, he was just an incredible guy. He was like a stunt man. He was like a race car driver. He was a photographer. He just like did Dang. all this wild, cool yeah. stuff. And his son, which, you know, is like a, my cousin, uh, said when he passed away and we were like back over there at their house and he had all this stuff in storage and he was like, hey, he pulled these things out of the storage building and he hands me these things. He's like, hey, I think that Crash, and his nickname was Crash. He's like, I think Crash would want you to have this stuff. And, um, so his son hands me these, it's like, a, uh, and I have these things still, you know, um, Polaroid land camera, 440, yeah. um, the ever flash. I don't remember the number on it, but there's like a few different cameras, a flash gun, like old school stuff. And then this like three or four full stacked, completely full, unused, expired, which I thought back then, because I didn't do photography, meant it wasn't any good anymore. So I was like, I don't know why I have this, but uh, I, I still held on to it for a yeah, long time. Yeah. But I also stored it in my mom's attic. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you just go shoot it and it's like blank. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it wouldn't have been any good. It wouldn't have been any good either, anyway. So I, I already messed up by doing that, but then I wound up throwing it all away. And then later I found out like how valuable it was, but it was, it was this massive, um, uh, Kodak film and, and just tons of it that is stuff that they don't make anymore that would have been worth so much money or could have been such an amazing thing to use on projects and I just psh, gone <laughs> so speaking of projects yeah so that's oh gosh that it hurts to think about so, so speaking of projects um, before we wrap this up yeah, yeah. so like what um, you, you talked about in the beginning scaling your business to make room for personal projects yeah. so like what what kind of personal projects are you, are you, are you thinking about? Like what, yeah. what, what's your goals in that? What? Um, for a few years I've been wanting to for probably about four years. I've been wanting to, um, do a project with, uh, missing and murdered indigenous women. Um, if you're familiar with that organization, um, I heard this interview, uh, going on about, I didn't have a clue that this was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was basically about indigenous, um, women just going missing. Sometimes they're found, sometimes they're not. Um, not a whole lot of explanation to a lot of it. Some of it might be connected. Some of it might not be. Um, but it's not really a thing that you see on mainstream media. It's now in the past year or two, probably become a little bit more of a, a known thing in certain communities. Whereas before though, when I first heard this, it was not known in any communities really, except for communities where it actually happened. Um, so that was kind of like something that really struck me. Um, and mainly cause of like, I mean, I know like most of us could probably say like we have some kind of percentage of some kind of, yeah. you know, indigenous ancestry or whatever. Um, but that's been something that's always been really, um, kind of rung out, rung, rung with me and, and something that really like held on to ever since I was a kid, something that really related to was my, mm -hmm. um, ancestry in that way. And so when I heard this, it kind of just shocked me and like, I just felt something turn in me, you know, like something, you just feel it like in your heart and your soul, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I've wanted to do something with that, but I was at the very beginning of this building this business and I'm just now starting to kind of feel comfortable enough to be able to kind of step away and, yeah, I could hate on myself for that and the comfort thing or whatever, but I had to pay my bills. Um, so, uh, either way now I'm at this point where I'm feeling like I could start to step away a little bit and do more of that kind of thing. Cause it actually means something because in the end building this business is something that excites me. It's something that I love doing. It's something that I really do enjoy shooting. It's something, I mean, I love all these aspects, even on the tough days, you know, when I get frustrated. Um, but 
I mean, in the end, when I'm gone, man, like what have I really done for the world with it? You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. It's something that I think, you know, I can help, I can help build for my, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids or anything, but like, I would like to do that and I can build that for, that's for them. Right. That's for yeah. paying the bills and that's for, for, uh, doing like building that family and having the, the financial freedom to build a family and to be able to travel and to do these experiences and that kind of thing. So that's mm-hmm. for that. But what else am I giving to the world? I'm starting to, you know, I'm at this point where I'm starting to think a lot more about purpose, you know? Yeah. And I think that that is kind of something that's calling me. I think you have to kind of listen for that calling, you know? Um, now I don't know how, how easy it's going to be or if it's going to really happen or anything, but I'd really like to go tell the stories about the communities and the families. Yeah. I don't find myself really a photojournalist so much, but I do love telling stories. I always have. Um, and now that photography is more of like my biggest used tool, you know, once upon a time it was like writing is how I told stories or music is how I told stories or whatever. But like now that photography is more, I'd like to bring some more of the writing back in and do the photography to kind of really show the impact. Cause it's not just when a, a person goes missing, it's not just that person that is impacted. It's a family. Yeah. It's a whole community around that family it's friends it's loved mm-hmm. ones it's it's a lot of different things and it's got a a, a a domino effect that ripples you know and and it's just not okay you know yeah and i it's funny you bring this because like i feel like i didn't know about this until like a couple years ago i think the movie wind river uh with mm. jeremy renner is a movie that i watched that was kind of addressed this mm-hmm. and that was the first time i had known that yeah. there was like they didn't keep records of of missing women yeah. a lot so it's just like there's just no information or data or any of this yeah so i i think a personal project the how you know it's worthwhile is when it nags at you like that right and so i yeah. think i think because it's 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 nagging at you like it's it's probably worth pursuing yeah so I you just so. it's just a matter of figuring out how to pursue it how are you going to yeah. do it and so you just got to rubik's cube that in your mind just figure out okay how's this going to work and it starts with uh you know you got to make sure that you can keep the lights on yeah so that you could <laughs> even does. or put gas in your car to even do any of this so sure. like i don't think there's anything wrong with focusing on your business in order to do the personal projects as long as you get to the personal project part you yeah. know as long as it actually happens it's not just a thing that people talk about doing right like that's that's the infinite photographer conundrum <laughs> is we have all these ideas and all these personal projects we want to do and then we just like we just talk about like man i wish one day i would have loved to be able to do that and it's like well we just get like the point of getting into photography as a job is because you love photography and you yeah. have these ideas so if we're not at least chasing those projects like building everything so that we can get to that place mm-hmm. they're like what are we doing we've lost the thread of what why we started in the first place yeah so i try to be that on myself sense. when i have ideas especially ideas that have lingered for a few years mm-hmm. i yeah. like write something down and then i think back to it over and over and over that's when i kind of know okay that's a, a thread worth pulling yeah no i think you make a good point there uh I think that's that's true you know because there's definitely been other stuff that's come up in my head that i'm like oh i'd love to do this and then mm-hmm. like you know, six months and down the road, I'm like not even thinking about it anymore. A year down yeah. the road or whatever. Yeah. But this has been with me for a few years now. You know, it was, it, I was actually on the way to a shoot in Savannah from Charleston and I heard it was uh, an interview on NPR. Like I'll probably never forget that, you know, moment. Mm-hmm. And it just had this strong emotional, like, you know, yeah, tie. So I was just like, all right, cool. And it's not gone away. 
by any means. It's probably grown stronger, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I guess I kind of like guilt mature myself a little no, bit sometimes yeah. about like working on my business because I mean that is important though. But oh yeah, you have to. Well, I'm and like, oh, what else can I be doing for other people in the world? You know, well, <laughs> I don't it's, know. It's going back to the beginning of the podcast. It's like you can't, your business can't you've got to set it up to where you can leave it. Right. Yeah. And, or else you're kind of like stuck in it and you're never going to get to the stuff over here. Right. So like that's, and so how do you do that? And it takes time and it, it takes a season of like a lot of uncertainty and chaos and just like grinding it out to yeah. like get it the way it is. But I think it'll pay off. Yeah. So, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, I mean, yeah, it seems like you're doing pretty well. Um, what, uh, where can people follow you? Where's, Oh yeah. Um, so Instagram, um, it is it's chad dyer i-t-s-c-h-a-d-d-y-a-r um or uh i also have a second instagram at chad dyer photo again d-y-a-r not e-r um and then my website is chad m as in martin d-y-a-r dyer.com um so all those places yeah cool yeah man. well thanks for doing this yeah thanks so much for having me man. yeah this is great yeah thanks absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you like what we're doing here, go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram at Will Malone, Twitter at Will Malone 365, and you can check out my website over at willmalone.com.